Hello and welcome to another episode of the FPL Hangover Podcast where we raise the bar and lower the tone all things FPL related. This week folks we're coming at you with an FPL Hangover first, that's right, we're recording in the AM. Don't know what made us do it but we're in the newly acquired FPL Hangover Studios and we're recording here at 9 o'clock sharp and if... This was an episode of Sesame Street, folks. Today we would be sponsored by the number nine. Game week ten started off with Leicester putting Southampton to the sword and placing nine sweet, sexy goals past them. If you were an FPL manager that was holding on to Leicester assets for the last couple of weeks, trust me, your ship came in this week. And speaking of ships landing into port, my podcast partner in crime. Seamus, how are you getting on, my friend? Better than some. Yeah, this has <laughs> been take 50 of uh, the FBL hangover. <laughs> yeah, take, take 29, anyway, yeah. But yeah, no, I'm doing okay. Um, a lot better than it was Friday night. A lot better, lot better than Southampton are doing. Uh, yeah, a lot better than Southampton, who've had to like give away a day's wages to charity because of their completely inept performance on Friday night. What did you make of that whole charity donation thing? Yeah, fair play to them. They... Should do something to make some sort of gesture, kind of to as in a way of an apology, especially for those fans, because like that that stadium was emptying when it was three 0 Yeah, but there were a gu- there were a guy down as well. If there were three 0 down and the stadium starts emptying, you'd start thinking that's a bit bad from the fans. But a man down and just seeing the performance of putting in, yeah, it was pretty it was pretty poor. That being said, Leicester were fucking smashing in goals. They were know? smashing in goals nine nil. As we mentioned already, and I'm sure we're going to mention at least half a dozen more times on the episode. But uh, 9-0 that we saw very little of in uh, FPL terms. Uh, we weren't owners of Vardy, who got himself a hat-trick and assist. Iose Perez, a man that uh, FPL hangover listeners will remember from preseason, and I'm sure uh, left a many uh, manager with a bitter taste in their mouth. Mm-hmm. He, uh, left some on cloud nine, surely. Oh, here we go. Now we've started. Now we've started. Uh, yeah, no, exactly. He uh, banged in a hat-trick this week, and any ghost teams that happened to be floating around the place would have been pretty uh, pretty happy to see their scores, I'd imagine. I'd know Will Will against him getting a hat-trick. Like, at first I was like, of course, he's gone and got a hat-trick. Like, eight weeks, seven weeks, six weeks after everyone's got rid of him. But, uh, yeah, look, he's probably not highly owned in any, in any of my mini-leagues or against any players I'm up against in head-to-head leagues. So yeah, as you said, only ghost ships that we yeah. have at this point. That problem, though, unfortunately, doesn't carry over to the other uh, Leicester asset that we mentioned there, Jamie Vardy, because quite a few managers would have brought him in this week uh, and the week, you know, preceding it, and I'm sure for many more weeks to come until you and me both get him in, and then he stops doing anything. Yeah, it's one of those things I don't really love. I will do it, but I don't love transferring in. <laughs> Forwards when they've gotten or players attacking players when they've got an away game. Yeah, actually even defenders, because you're more likely to win. A team is more likely to win and keep a clean sheet or score multiple goals in a home performance. And yeah, I just was like, yeah, Southampton are bobbins. There was a lot of people, other podcasts I listened to, uh, throughout the week were talking about Ings and stuff like that because you know he had scored three goals in three games. And one of the some of the feedback we got last week is like you didn't discuss Ings at all in your show last week. I was like, that's because Southampton are shit. Yeah. And uh, yeah, sometimes uh, I didn't even consider them, and I still wouldn't consider them now. And I, I didn't see nine nil, but I totally wasn't thinking Ings was a good pick, and yeah. I still don't. I mean, I, they they could have the best pictures coming up in the world. It's like I I don't think 
Southampton's way to go. I'd rather go for like a Brighton Mopé or something instead of Ings. Sometimes not saying anything is saying everything. Yes, good point. Yeah. <laughs> so if we didn't talk about someone, that's because he's not fucking worth talking about. And I think that definitely applies to Danny Ings. But who it doesn't apply to, Seamus, is Ben Chilwell. Uh, a man that many have talked about, you know, all season. Not so much ourselves. Um, I think the focus has been kind of pretty much on Pereira yeah. and the fact that you could come under that with Suyunku for such a cheap price. But uh, a man who's been ticking along uh, nicely all season, and he's still, you know, 5.5. He's that half mil cheaper than Pereira. He had an absolute stormer this week. He got himself a goal, two assists, and a bonus point. Helped himself to a whopping double-digit haul. And uh, I think, you know, we, we talked about how we felt about Perez and Vardy with their hauls this week. Where did you stand on the Chilwell thing? Does that change your mind? or? Uh, well, I thought, first of all, his owners, which wouldn't have been very high, were a bit unlucky because he actually should have had a third assist as well, I thought. Uh, crossed into the box that was uh, tried to be cut out, was flicked on by a defender and then finished by Vardy. He didn't get the assist for that. So he could have had even more points. Um, he only got one bonus I suppose uh, there was two hat-tricks. There was, yeah. yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, he was excellent. Everything came down the left-hand side. So him and Barnes, Barnes was another who was excellent. He got two assists, I think. Again, could have had a third. His cross into the box was uh, deflected at one stage, so that was ruled out. So he only got the two assists. But the two, that's where it all came from, down the left-hand side. They had their, Southampton had their left-back sent off, but it felt like they weren't playing with a right-back. Yeah. Because everything came down there. So I don't know... Having not watched the match, only seeing the highlights of match of the day, which were, they didn't go into the tactical analysis of Southampton, they just went into Leicester because they scored so many freaking goals. So many fucking highlights. Um, yeah, everything came down the left. Absolutely everything came down the left. And yeah, he's a, a great option. But I've seen a few people kind of, you know, uh, humble bragging. No, not even humble bragging, just Outright bragging outright. on uh, on social media <laughs> saying, oh yeah, I tipped Chilwell two weeks ago saying he's going to come good in the next four weeks. And I tipped Chilwell this week saying he's going to come good. And like, yeah, that's all very well and good. But people have been tipping Chilwell every week since the start of last season, not yeah. even this season. And he, yeah, he gets forward. He puts in a lot of crosses. He's quite attacking, but he doesn't give the output, you know? So he's got the output this week. So congratulations, but for... Anyone looking at getting a lesser defender, the better option was Pereira and Soyuncu for his value, but Pereira for that more likely attacking output. Now, maybe going forward, that's going to change because it looks like uh, Barnes and Chilwell, you know, have a good uh, understanding together, and maybe that's the way forward. And maybe Perez playing on the right hand side of midfield for a lot of start of the season has uh, has blunted um, Pereira's attacking potential. I know Pereira got two goals in two games, but. I'm not sure if uh, Perez was in the team at that stage because he was dropped out for a couple of games. Yeah, before we move on to uh, the likes of uh, uh, Barnes, like just going back to the Chilwell Pereira thing. So for you right now, this performance this week hasn't changed a whole lot in your mind. If you were to go with a Leicester defensive asset for the upcoming uh, nice run of fixtures, you'd still be looking at either the expensive option being Pereira or the, the, the cheaper option being Sayonku. Is that where your brand is at? Uh, yeah, like so you've seen that I played my wildcard in game week 9, so this is my second week off my wildcard, and I was looking to come down from Otamendi at one stage. Yeah. I kept him my team in the end, and he hasn't played in either game, so that's a problem I've got to fix. But at one point I was like, maybe I just make this Pereira, and I just get rid of Sayonku. Yeah. Now in the end I kept Sayonku, because definitely wanted lesser coverage, but it was only those two. I gave... You know, brief consideration to uh, to Chilwell. I'm not going to lie and say I didn't consider him at all because then 
that would just mean I'm being ignorant towards looking at it. But I did look. I did look at it, but I was like, no, last season, anytime I thought of um, Chilwell versus Pereira, Pereira, I went, you know, Pereira was the guy who always came out on top. Yeah. You know, he gets more attacking returns. Chilwell has the underlying numbers. They just don't seem to translate into returns. And it's been like that for the last two seasons. And it's been like that this season. Yeah. So, you know what? I, I was kind of like, if this looks like it's changing, if he does, because he's only a young lad. He's yeah. only, what, 22, maybe 23? I was like, if this uh, output comes, because Leicester have a great, uh, a great team this season, then you know maybe going forward, it's moving towards this. Maybe that's next season. It'll all be like only Chilwell, and we'll be saying he's great value. But the evidence wasn't there, as in the output wasn't there before this game week. So now we can, now we can look at it. Yeah, I think I'd be on your side there. I think I'd be definitely going with either Pereira or Sam who's still uh, Chilwell's yet to really uh, kind of you know break uh, himself away from those two uh, in my opinion but you mentioned a, a young lad there and another young lad that we've kind of touched on already is Harvey Barnes and he's a name that a few people are going to be talking at uh, talking about uh, you know post game week 10 classic uh, who's you know what bandwagon can we be looking at that no one else is you know is really focusing on right now and I think it's fair to say Barnes is, is up there in the top of that list for this week he sounds like a cockney gangster in a Guy Ritchie movie like Arby Barnes Oh, does he? I was wondering, is his accent like that? No, no, no. He doesn't sound like that. His name sounds like that. Abby Barnes. Yeah, I okay. can, I can imagine him, you know, in a starring alongside Pete Postlewaite in a, in a. Not in anymore. A, you any can't. Any movie. Not anymore. You can't. <laughs> Rest not. in peace, Pete Postlewaite. But uh, no, he's coming in at five point nine. Uh, he's zero point seven percent owned, so he's you know a complete definition or a definition of a, a kind of a punt he's outside the template so four assists in his last two games yet to play 90 minutes this season does that concern you Seamus? well that's the reason uh, last year he was very very impressive and he looked really good couldn't really finish but he was so attacking he gave Leicester a great option on the left didn't start the first two games of the season didn't start the first three games of the season and I was like okay well that looks like him gone as a an FPL option but he has, you know, played, what, he started the last two. I don't know if he started the Liverpool game, but he played 45 minutes. Uh, and he started two before that. So he seems to be gaining the manager's trust more and more. Yeah. So I think for his price, he's definitely definitely could be worth it. I mean, I could have easily gone for him instead of Callum Hudson-Odoi yeah. on my uh, on my wild card and would have been a better option. But... Let's see long term. I mean, he's got the same risk rotation as something like Hudson Odoi for that price. I think that's okay for his price. So he'll get minutes every game. Yeah, and at five point nine, he is coming in uh, cheaper than both Madison and T. Elements, who would be the other Leicester midfielders that we'd be chatting about. Yeah, I would rather him than Madison. Yeah, Madison's what seven point two, something like that. So there's a good like one point three in the difference. Um, T. Elements, I like T. Elements. He's a great player. But it feels like his attacking output in the second half of last season when he was on loan was not sustainable. You can see it this year. I mean, I know he got a goal and an assist in this game, but it was a 9-0, for Christ's sake. Um, and he scored uh, there a couple of games back as well. I think he'll tip in with goals every so often. So you got to be patient with the likes of Tielemans. He could be good. I'd probably prefer Tielemans than, than Barnes, if I'm, if I'm being completely honest. And if you... So basically, how you're ranking the Leicester midfield at the moment is... Tielemans Madison Barnes or Madison Tielemans Barnes I think I like Madison the least the least yeah it's his price and I I think he's a brilliant player like but what's he scored this season 
like three goals at two of those have been a, uh, have been free kicks yeah you know so you're kind of relying on him scoring free kicks every so often and he is pricey he's 7.3 you know yeah uh, how many free kicks does somebody score in a season a good season if somebody scores two three free kicks you're like that's amazing return for free kicks so uh i don't know i don't know i i think i prefer t elements and i think at the moment i prefer Barnes. i like i said it when i was doing my wildcard two weeks ago keep top come back to this wildcard but mm-hmm. um it's vardier already a no one up front for me well you mentioned it there yourself I think we can hum and haw about all the other options uh, Leicester have but at the end of the day the big question is to Vardy or not to Vardy and I think that question was emphatically answered this week no? yeah yeah but and this brings me to my low point of the week because I know we're going to get into those in a minute but my low point was that Leicester game I don't think I've ever felt as low about FPL in any of the last two or three seasons as I did Friday night when I came out of like a lovely family dinner that I enjoyed uh, with like six or seven of my closest family and then see the score I was like 9-0 oh Jesus Christ because you just know when you see 9-0 that it's like okay well how many goals has Vardy got he's definitely got a fuck ton well you see you had the the, at least you had the bonus of not watching it tick by as I had so watching Leicester being what 5-0 up and Vardy had, was it a goal at that stage? One goal. One goal. I was going, oh, you know what? I've got away with murder here. Because, uh, you know, he could have done a Perez. And lo and behold, he does a Perez and bangs in a, ha- a hat-trick. Yeah, yeah. So it was, I think it was like goal six, no, seven, eight, nine is where he got like two goals and an assist. The assist for Madison's penalty, which isn't even a real assist, but it is an FPL, which is, these are the annoyances. You know, you yeah. could have got away with it. And the reason it left me feeling so freaking angry it was actually like a bull I actually frickin'. ruined my ruined my, made me say words like freaking <laughs> and it's put a block in my brain <laughs> it's uh yeah it, it, it actually ruined my, I was like and then I was annoyed that I was annoyed at F, that this has ruined my mood it's a never ending um, circle yeah it's a big old never ending circle jerk <laughs> and basically yeah the real reason why is because I was so close to having Vardy in my wildcard team when I decided I wasn't going for Aubameyang I was going for Vardy and in the end, I went with Wilson. Oh, no, not Wilson. I did go for Wilson, but I went with Jimenez, really. Yeah, he so, was the, the, the kind of decide. My, Wilson was in your team no matter what. My three strikers were going to be Wilson, Tammy, and Vardy. And then I said I wanted Jimenez, and I couldn't not have Callum the Truth Wilson. Mm. So I said I'd go for... Uh, I, I said I would uh, sacrifice, sacrifice Vardy. Vardy. Yeah. And that difference... Okay, if I had just gone with him over... Vardy over Wilson would be a 25 point difference I'd be two points behind you I yeah and you know what I could say the same thing and I feel like to be <laughs> honest not. I won't I won't I won't repeat myself but uh, I feel like that you know what you just said there is echoing through FPL Twitter through FPL Reddit through all the forums I could have had Vardy because I mean the majority of people have a striker there be it an Aubameyang be it a, an Aguero uh, even uh, the likes of a, a you know a Wilson that I've been sitting on since the start of the season that it would have been easy or not easy but it was very affordable and achievable to switch to Vardy and then you know you see him banging in a hat trick and you're going it's the what ifs the what if syndrome yeah you yeah, know yeah, that's what it is and now uh, I like I I don't know about you but I was hoping we'd spend nine minutes talking about Leicester we spent fifteen that enough. I think it's about enough. We, we, we talked about the guys we want to talk about. I do think that Perez's hat-trick means that he is now, oh, maybe his season is starting now. 
Um, and his price surely has dropped to something quite reasonable now, maybe 6.1 or something. Yeah. What is his price? He's, I'm not entirely sure, but, uh, but he, it's, it's dropped all the way from 6.5 down to 6.1. Yeah, so he would interest me potentially going forward in this spell. But, you know, when you've been burned by a player now already this season, I don't know if I would immediately jump back there. Yeah, it would take a lot for me to kind of go, no, I was wrong, he's on fire. It would take a couple of more of these fucking hat-tricks. But you're right, we have spent a bit of time talking uh, about Leicester, and I think it's only right because, yes, come definitely. on, they set, a, they set a record for the highest uh, away win in the Premier League. Uh, yeah, you, look, we have to talk about Leicester um, for a good bit. I think we have, but yeah. there are other games we could, should talk about. So what was the, I, I've mentioned my low light. Um, let's start with the lowlights because that's the most fun part, right? Yeah, that's What's my favourite part. Dwelling in, in misery and bitterness. Uh, my lowlight ties in a little bit to your own. So you would have been pretty uh, miffed at not getting a piece of the Leicester action this weekend. Fair, You know, that's understandable. But I was a little bit miffed that you the only piece of the Leicester action that you did get was off your bench. So Yunku. So really, my low point of the week is Fredericks not getting a fucking minute in the West Ham match. So you made the, you had the gall to set Soyunku as your second on the bench. Not even <laughs> your first fucking sub, your second sub. And because Adamini doesn't play, I'm thinking, okay, great. Fredericks is going to come on for you. West Ham have already lost their clean sheet. Uh, nope, that's not the case. Fredericks doesn't play a minute because Zabaleta is carrying his old ass around the pitch for 90. And, hey, uh, me and Zabletta are the same age, okay? What? So he's not an old he's not an old man. He oh just looks gosh. like an old man. That's crazy. Yeah, we're like we're like the same age. Wait, I, I, it's one of those things. He's actually younger than me. Fuck off. By a couple of months. Oh, how bad does that make? Yeah, that you make feel? When I hear that, I'm like, it, it makes me feel bad and good at the same time yeah. because I'm like, oh shit, I'm old as balls now. But also, I'm like, I look way better than this guy. Yeah, you can have his millions. <laughs> you'll never, you'll never have this face. If he has millions, why isn't he looking younger? That's what I want to know. Maybe he's, uh, maybe he's. You know, this is his his plan. Because he's a man, I guess. He's not vain. I don't give a shit. But uh, yeah, no. So Zabaleta played ninety minutes. Fredericks didn't see uh, a second of action, which meant Soyunku was duly obliged to come off your fucking bench with a clean sheet. This clean sheet, by the way, was my biggest, uh, you know, uh, differential. differential. <laughs> and it was one I'd struggled with all week in terms of the main question I asked myself going into game week 10 was Soyunku or Tamori. Weighed them up, uh, similar to what I had to do the, the week beforehand, but I weighed them up and I was like, all right, which is more likely to get a clean sheet? Tamori got one last week, uh, Soyunku didn't, so I was right. And then this week, same kind of issue you know, what do I go with? I'm not 100% sure that uh, Chelsea are, you know, the tightest defensive unit out there and they proved right this week uh, with, uh, you know, conceding two late goals to an already defeated Burnley. But, as I said, getting back to it, that was my main decision. Soyunku or Tamori, I decided I'd play Soyunku. Got the clean sheet. Chelsea last clean sheet. Decision justified. That's why I do an FPL podcast. Boom. Nope, doesn't matter. Seamus gets him off the bench, second sub. You got Tamori off the bench too? Yeah, I got Tamori off the bench, which meant my whole decision was even more pointless. It was like, why did I spend... All the agonising uh, All the agonising things. It's like, doesn't matter. I'm going to be playing both of those cunts anyway. So yeah, just uh, that was my low point. Seeing Fredericks not play a minute. I was like, are you fucking shitting me? He's played all season. Yeah. But look, I'm not dwelling in the, 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 the fucking depths of FPL... Uh, you know, anger anymore, Seamus. This is why we do the podcast. We want to exercise some of those fancy football demons and, you know, get the shit moving. So with that in mind, what was your highlight of the week? Yeah, so the highs this week was finally getting a captain return. 
Um, I haven't had a captain return in each of the last two weeks before this. So to see Sterling get a double-digit score, 11 points. Um, yeah, just the basics, man. Something as simple as a nice captain haul was, will do it for me. So that was definitely my highlight. Because it wasn't a whole lot of highlights in my week. There was a lot of all right scores, fives mm. and sixes. But uh, he was definitely my best performer, so I nailed that. So Yeah, another bit of a pain in the ass to me. Uh, I think, as a, again, a, lot of, a decision a lot of other FPL managers would have been struggling with this week was... The Kevin De Bruyne or Sterling conundrum. Who do you captain? Or Aguero for some. Or Aguero for some. Now, luckily, we didn't. Uh, we haven't been sipping from that poison chalice uh, just yet this season. But there's plenty of more game weeks uh, for us to, you know, make a fool of ourselves. But uh, yeah, so like the less that's the Sterling Kevin De Bruyne uh, kind of captain debate. I think looking at the Champions League, Sterling playing two 90 minute games. Yeah, he scored a hat trick. That's why he, you know, was in contention. But with De Bruyne getting the rest, and considering what De Bruyne could have had last week, that was my main kind of uh, decision, or main reason behind going with De Bruyne. It was like, look, should have got a fucking double-digit haul last week. I'm expecting them to, to get at least one this week, and I fear that Sterling might kind of, if he starts, might get, you know, limited minutes, might not even start, might come on for, for 10. And that's what you saw with... Sergio Aguero this week. A lot of owners would have been disappointed uh, with him. Yeah. I was definitely surprised to see Aguero on the bench. Um, but yeah, I just felt like the comments from Pep, which you can never trust, he was saying, you know, Sterling's condition is so good and he recovers so fast. It made me feel like, well, this is a guy who's like fundamental to how they play at the moment. And what the real reason why I went with Sterling in the end is, I'm, you know, I've been mostly, I suppose, listening to people talking uh, another podcast on... Uh, TV shows on you know analysis from uh, the professionals, the commentators, and the pundits and all that um, about since Mendy's reintroduction to the team, yeah. how that's affecting Sterling's play and how Bernardo Silva um, playing on the left in some you know in some games is affecting that as well. So Sterling is just getting into a lot more advanced positions, and Mendy's the one providing the width. So Sterling has been hog- hogging the touchline a small bit less. Now he was still on the touchline quite a bit, but. He was definitely cutting in more. And you saw in this match that the amount of times he was slid in behind, kind of like where Sané was always getting into last year, uh, like he could have had a couple of goals. He had a chance to sip in a couple of assists. A couple of times he dallied on the ball and things like that. So, yeah, it was a great performance. And, uh, yeah, he's definitely going to be somebody I'll be looking to captain quite regularly in the next few weeks. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah, you kind of hit the nail on the head there. It's interesting what you mentioned with Mendy and the difference he's making to Sterling's uh, approach to to the game. Uh, something I've been completely honest with you, haven't really considered yet, just because I'm not uh, convinced that Mendy's up to, you know, 100% what he's capable of, so I hadn't really been looking at that. But, you know, that's a good point. No, but it was also uh, hearing the news mid uh, just before the start of the game week that Zinchenko is out until after the next international break, uh, so he's out for like three or four weeks, that I was like, oh, shit, so Mendy's kind of nailed it's, here. Yeah, pretty Because that other guy, Angelino, is definitely a backup to both of those guys. Yeah. So I think it's going to be a case, like we saw a few weeks ago, uh, Mendy's going to start games and if he hasn't got the fitness you know hopefully you know City are two or three or four goals up by 60 minutes 70 minutes and they can take him off then so I'm kind of considering Mendy as an uh, as an Otamendi replacement yeah well I mean to be honest with you you, you mentioned him there Otamendi is the reason I would be put off by Mendy right now because that's nearly the exact logic I had when I got Otamendi into my team was like oh Stones is out uh, Laporte is out Otamendi is sure to start 
uh, that didn't turn out so well as we've both kind of reaped the rewards from that uh, decision, sticking with him in the team. Do you not worry that Pep's defensive rotation is 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 too risky? Yeah, I don't think I've I don't think I've got a single point off Adam Mendy since I brought him in two or three weeks ago. I think you know he's rested the last two. I think before that. They got hammered by Wolves. Yeah, I don't think uh, he got me any points there. Maybe he got me one. I can't even remember. But yeah, he looks to be out of the team. So he's a problem that needs to be addressed. But I might just like, I might just leave him drop. I don't know. The yeah. best way into the team is Ederson. Ederson got nine points this week <clears throat> well, in a game that they won. What was it? Three nil. He was he was unbelievable. He made some class saves. Yeah, and he's the one I got out for Adam Indy. Yeah, I decided so to save that half a million. I might just go in there and save that kind of hokey cokey. Cancelo interests me, but you know Walker is well established in that team, so he could come back in any time. Yeah, we're both we're basically both in the same uh, you know wavelength. There, we're kind of taking our foot off of the Man City defense a little bit, uh, at least for the foreseeable future. Well, I kind of I kind of want to stay with it. Um, I just think, but you know they've got two tough games up in game week twelve and thirteen. Uh, this is a lovely game here. I was tempted to keep. Mendy when I saw Fernandino get sent off, but then I realized his suspension is going to be served in the EFL Cup there midweek, so he will be back for next week. And I just don't see Mendy getting game time. I think he's just dropped further down the, the starting list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But look, getting back to the highlights, your highlight was Sterling scoring, and as I said, I went with De Bruyne, so that would have made your captain decision even sweeter, considering that worked out. But it wasn't always like that when we were watching the match, and there was a bit of controversy. Uh, KDB had a goal ruled off by the goal uh, war, what, appreciation fucking society or what the fuck they're called yeah whoever makes the decision who gets the goals so you know FPL uh, being the little bitch that they are decided they're going to remove KDB's goal awarded to David Silva another Man City midfielder who we've arguably overlooked over the last couple of episodes yeah. he picked up a goal uh, he's had a fine start of the season and uh, he's not too many points behind Sterling if if uh, if I'm correct there but you know that that whole decision definitely left a bit more of a sour taste in my mouth considering like up and like that was literally like okay well now he's got a goal Sterling's got a goal they're both gone off at 70 odd minutes I don't have to worry about this game week uh, you know my captain's delivered yeah, that turned out not to be the case. Also, removing a Mendy assist, which is what you yeah, mentioned. Yeah, yeah, Mendy would have been on for the three bonus points. This is when that goal was removed. I was quite happy to see it removed from my overall rank. It probably improved me, even though I have De Bruyne, because it was going to it was giving Mendy the assist and then the three bonus points. Um, also, like Sterling was dropping down. I think maybe the two or possibly one. De Bruyne was coming up, so there was no difference. I think we're getting like eight points or nine points each or something like that for De Bruyne and Sterling. So I wasn't really making any ground on those De Bruyne captains, captainers, of which there were many. Yeah. So I was happy enough to see it ruled out, even though it took, I, I watched it like eight times and it was like, that's De Bruyne's goal all day. That doesn't take any deflection. David Silva says it does. Um, which then would make the him offside. I saw one angle <laughs> where you could see the spin on the ball changes slightly. So maybe it does come off him, but I'm kind of wondering is like the ball just accelerating off the turf when it bounces and spinning off kind of that way. So it's hard to tell, but the whole point is had if he had touched it, then it should have been offside because Sterling is blocking the keeper's obstructing the keeper's view and he's interfering with play, so that's offside, but that's not what they check for in VAR. In VAR they say who touched the ball is like does Silva touch it? It doesn't look like it. 
Okay, well then, yeah. is Sterling obstructing the original shot? No, but when they're not checking for the silver touch once yeah. they decide to stare, so... And the appreciation panel don't seem to give a fuck uh, what VAR think, so they've neglected that. VAR, <laughs> VAR is uh, ran by the Referees Association, or whatever that mm-hmm. is, and uh, it's not decided by, or maybe the FAI, or not the FAI, <laughs> maybe the, uh, the FA, but it's not run by the Premier League. The Premier League and FA, of course, are separate entities, so... I don't you know, Premier League decide who gets the goal, not the FA. Well, look, look, we've said it time and time again, and it won't be the last time. But FBL is a cruel bitch mother, and this, you know, this isn't unusual. It's kind of half the reason I love the game is because of these wacky, you know, turn of events that you just constantly kind of, you just can't write this stuff sometimes, you know, yeah. uh, like how fucking uh, serendipitous it can, it can come across. But look, we're talking about the high points and getting back to you know a bit more positive news. My high point this week was uh, a, a player that you know has kind of been quiet for the last couple of weeks uh, Yarmolenko for West Ham came good this week with an assist he mm-hmm. also picked up two bonus points or no three bonus points my apologies picked up three bonus points and his assist should have had more I don't know if you watched the highlights but uh, I did yeah. it's a lovely assist he got it was a beautiful assist and there was another chance he set up I remember at one stage I can't remember for who where I thought he would have uh, had a second assist. Yeah, and he was peppering the goal with shots. There was a couple of good saves made, a couple of near misses. Was uh, it he who put the ball across the box for Snodgrass to slide, slide in at the back post? And he it was post? he that got a touch on it. Uh, the ball wasn't put across by him, but he did nick it and uh, would have... You know, I I assume it would have gone down as the Armalink assist, but you just don't seem to fucking know these days with the way things going. But like that was a you know a big bonus for me, considering I got rid of Salah for Yarmolenko to bring in Aubameyang, who while he is yet to do anything, Yarmolenko has outscored Salah in the last two weeks. Salah not starting last week. Yeah, Yarmolenko only got one point. Nine points to seven. Yeah. Yeah, and, and then I'm, I'm happy that my uh, my transfer was Hudson Odoi last week uh, instead of Yarmolenko and last week it worked out now this week it went the other way but they both have scored nine points in in their last two game weeks which is more than Salah and has allowed us to free the money up front not that we've used it wisely but of course not uh, mainly because neither of us decided to <coughs> to go Vardy but you mentioned uh, hudson Adoy there and I think that brings us nicely onto the Chelsea match and I suppose looking at the Chelsea match that would have been a bit of a, a sickener for you to see hudson Adoy rested what might make it a little bit worse is how well his replacement played. Yeah, that definitely did make it worse. So just to touch on... I might touch on my points this week because a lot of my points came in that Chelsea game. Um, I ended up with uh, 51 points this week. Five from Mount, five from Abraham. They both got an assist. They both started. But my boy hudson Adoy did not start. And uh, then I saw he got booked only a minute or so after coming on. I was like, God damn it, what's he done now? He nearly won a penalty. Only gone and died. We had this argument in the pub with a few scoops in us uh, on Sunday. Have you changed your mind and decided I'm right yet? No, I think he was I think he was pushed in the back. Do you think it was a penalty? When I first watched it, I thought he, it was a definite dive. Yeah. And now I think, uh, then when I was watching Match of the Day and I was looking, I was like, oh, you're right. I wasn't looking for the hand on the lower back, which is pushing him off balance. So if he's pushed him over in the box like that, then that's a penalty, yeah. See, I don't know. I'd come down on the fence there and I'd say, it's not a yellow card for diving, but I don't think there was enough contact with the push for that to be a penalty either. I think like he puts his hand on the lower part of his back. I don't think there's much in it. I think hudson Adoy sees the foot coming across him, nothing to do with the with the push on the back. So we're going to have to agree to disagree on that one. Yeah, But, but we do both agree it's not a yellow card anyway. No, I don't think it's a yellow card for diving. Uh, I definitely think... 
considering you are a football player of defensive origins, Seamus, you should be coming down on the side of the defender there, not the side of the striker. Shame. I always, I always do that. Like, for example, in the United game, I thought that the first penalty wasn't a penalty. Uh, the defender slides in, but doesn't actually take the man. He slides in kind of alongside him. Uh, it doesn't get the ball, of course, but that's not a penalty just because you go down. Yeah. Like So there's a few like that. I also thought... The who gave the penalty for stamping on something? The Brighton game, Brighton Everton. Oh, Conley uh, got the assist for it. Conley got an assist for being uh, stamped on. Like both guys, that's what. That's not a penalty either in my book. As I a don't defender, think so. like that happens a million times yeah. for every corner in the box where people stand at each other's feet there because they're looking at the ball in the air. If the ball's up in the air like that. That coming together kind of happens. That's not a free kick. It's not a penalty. I think if the ball's at the striker's feet and you do that, that's a fe- that's a penalty. But if he's in your team. It is a penalty. That's <laughs> what you're saying. If he's in your team, it's a, it's all it's a penalty all day long. And Hudson Odoi was in your team, and he did, he did deliver a zero point. Like I mean, again, getting back to the the real reason I want to talk about Hudson Odoi this week, and it's because not only did you see, we're spending like, way too much time talking about like the difference between zero points and one point here in my yeah. team. <laughs> well, we don't talk about actual FPL matches, so it's fine. <laughs> we don't waste our time yeah. with actual information. No, uh, but Hudson Odoi. Pulisic hat-trick in the first half of the the match or I don't know if the first half he's fucking that's a worry it's his first hat-trick a second, perfect hat-trick left right and was it the yeah. left foot I didn't actually get to check if it was the left I saw it was I don't know if you'd say that's a header but uh, it's definitely uh, not a foot head, head <laughs> slash back yeah it was a lovely well taken goal he just manipulated his body well to get onto it it reminded me of something like uh, Ronaldo Hernandez would do or Hernandez, yeah, 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 that kind of instant thing. But I think Ronaldo, Ronaldo scored a goal like that back uh, back in the heyday when you didn't have to worry about captaincy options because it was just Cristiano Ronaldo all day long. It is uh, a worry though, because um, now I'm like, will Hudson Odoi start next week, and or maybe he'll rest Willian. I don't know. Willian got a goal and assist and played well, so I think the safest option on that team right now, and it's something like I'm I'm happy that this Pulisic uh, conundrum is kind of a reason because I was worried about Mount. Mm. He was the the go to Chelsea midfielder, six point five, and he's up to six point nine or seven or something now. But like he was the Chelsea midfielder of choice, and all of a sudden Hudson Odoi's come on the scene, look fantastic. And I genuinely think if Pulisic wasn't uh, pulling these top class performances out of his bag, that Hudson Odoi would be nailed, no question. And as an FPL option, he's up in the top of the watch list. But now it's rotation season for yeah. Chelsea, you know? So I don't like having uh, two Chelsea midfielders now, even though that would probably guarantee me one of them playing each week. I mean, I can't say the word guarantee with any real certainty, <laughs> but it feels like, yeah, if I have both of those, one of them would play. But I don't know. I might just bin off one of them. I have the money. I could change Yarmolenko, but I don't think I will. Martial is an option for United. I was impressed with how he played this week. Yeah. And uh, yeah. How did, how did your team get on this week actually how many yeah, points did you well i was just about to ask you before i got onto my overall score so you said you got 51 points this yeah, week. yeah it was 51 those chelsea players i mentioned mountain abraham obviously hudson Adoy did nothing captain sterling which i already mentioned i had the Bruyne and i got the science points off the bench other than that pope one pointer alexander arnold who put in a load of decent chances in that game and really could have come away with attacking returns that was one point lundstrom with two and was very unlucky not to have an assist in that game Callum Wilson only with the one point because uh, the scumbag got booked and came off after 73 minutes and then him and his blanking as well. Yeah, Wolves didn't look great. It was in, enough in to see game. you get a red arrow though, am I right? 
Yeah, I dropped 40,000 places, kind of stayed the same. Uh, my rank is now 1.52 million instead of 1.48 million. The average was 49, it must be said. So my oh, my game week rank was like right in the middle, 2.7 million. Yeah. Yeah, an all right week. It really was a week that uh, anyone I saw who made gains this week had a lesser player or a couple of Leicester players. Yeah, very similar to yourself. I got 53 points this week. I don't even know if our teams are so are, are too close, but you know, my Yarmolenko eight points balanced out uh, the kind of difference that your captaincy decision made and the rest of it kind of, you know, we do share the likes of Abraham and Mount and, and yeah. whatnot and any of our differentials, you know, did what differentials do and completely fucking blank. I'm looking at you, Aubameyang and Jimenez. But yeah, I got 53 points, as you said. The average was 51. Didn't see a whole 49. lot of movement. 49, my apologies. You got 51. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, it's, it was a red arrow. Not much of a red arrow. I dropped from... 530 down to 580 so a 50k red arrow is not uh not the end of the world uh but it was a nice green arrow on saturday night so yeah 27 know. points between us in the the mini league now so i am what 27 points away from rising approximately a million places mm-hmm. it's very very tight still oh, and that that reflects itself in the fpl hangover mini league as i'm looking at it here well Bait it out once you once um, we're here just bait it out now actually yeah so we uh david grant's still top Bearded Bozos, uh, he's got 621 points. He got 66 points this week, which is an excellent score. There's a lot of good scores in there this week. We Mo- only accept the best chance. Yeah, most of the uh, top five had Leicester players. Uh, Lukewarm FC, uh, he got 74 points this week. He's on 594 points. So there's a bit of a gap between first and second. What are you looking at there? 27 points. It's exactly the same as between you and me. And yeah. I bet you that doesn't feel like a gap. Uh, that's Yeah, look. David has had a brilliant start, so let's see if he can maintain it. But Lukewarm uh, is now up to second, and uh, yeah, it's very tight there after underneath him. Two points behind him is David Sexton. Uh, he's changed his team name again, I see. He's now 11 Cano Reeves FC. Uh, underneath him, then again, two points back further again is Charlie Bennett's That Antonio Trust. And then in fifth, you've got Chicken, Caesar Salah, and uh, he's on 588. So there's six points separating... Four of the top five, and obviously a bit of a gap there. And even that that continues on for the rest of the top ten. The I had a look here. What I really want to know, Seamus, because I don't want to go through every member of the league as much as I adore him, but I want to know how far away you are from the top. So your grand total is 510 points, and David Grant is sitting at the top of the league with 621 points. Yeah, 111 points uh, difference there. So you're going to hear some clicking here while I just look through the rest of the league, because I want to see who is the top uh, points... Uh, performer this week top manager so 111 points i'm off yeah. i'm actually got a red arrow i'm down to 44th in the league you're doing much better let's find 27 points better yeah so <laughs> you are you're 26 yeah red arrow for you this week as well it's competitive there's a lot of movement the top scoring manager this week where was he had him there a minute ago with 80 points. It's this kind of, you know, unprofessional attitude, Seamus. There we go. Really... It's Peter Ovington with the rubber duckies. He got 80 points. Captain Sterling had Vardy, of course. Um, De Bruyne, Mount Abraham. And he also had Rico. Uh, Allison got him three points. Uh, Sayonchu. Yeah, he just had consistent points. He didn't have any one player like triple captain Vardy or something like that no. he just had a lot of these players well he had the standard team but with Vardy which uh, you know 
seems to be the kind of the impression I've gotten looking through kind of the reams of scores. It's that if you're not, uh, if you're in the seventies this week, it you know you tend to have been you know your your normal Sterling, Liverpool, blah blah blah. They all kind of came good plus the Leicester acid, yeah. which you know fucking smashed it this week. One manager this week in our league that I did notice who's in a few of my other leagues is Alan Jennings, who had the balls to captain Vardy this week, and uh, that got him. He's only one point behind Peter there, so he got 79 points. So that's a, that turned out to be an inspired decision. And you got to love when your captain gets you on the oh, trick. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. the rest of his team, other than that, he really only had returns for Sterling and uh, Evans. But look, and fuck then. the FPL hangover mini league. Uh, until I'm sitting on top of that throne, this will get limited time, Seamus, on this goddamn podcast. But look, that's the FBL Hangover Mini League, all said and done. In seriousness, you know, fair play to David Grant. It's it's great to see uh, someone absolutely bossing it. Uh, as you know, we've kind of been lucky enough to see throughout the season. I think that's one of my favourite things about uh, this podcast. Uh, something we didn't have last year was a mini league. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of going, oh, look, you can, you know, it just feels a, a bit more personal kind of watching their actual teams as opposed to, you know, seeing them through Twitter. Yeah. I feel like people are actually listening to us and going, oh yeah, Var- they have made a compelling case for Vardy. They've just forgotten to follow their own advice. I wouldn't go too far with the whole listening to us, Seamus. So I'm trying to take that with a pinch of salt. But we do have some questions this week, Seamus, and you know what time that makes it. Yeah, question time means it's time for the drunk tank. Okay, so we've had a few questions this week. Uh, we'll try and bait room quick whoa, as possible. Whoa, 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 whoa. I need to... I need to put some Dutch courage in my uh, in my my tea here. This uh, wouldn't be an FBL hangover podcast no. if uh, if we were doing it sober. If we were doing it sober, yeah. so sip, sip a beer to all the questions out there. Sip a scotch for the working man. Sip a scotch, boom. Um, yeah. So the first question is actually from at FPL beer lover. Oh, doesn't say if you like scotch or not, but uh, Liam has asked, "Have we ever tried the match of the day challenge?" For what it's worth, I hate scotch. Oh, really? That's all I had in house. Yeah. But uh, that's a scotch coffee, or is that a scotch tea? This is a tea. Yeah, this is tea with whiskey in it now. Okay, fair yeah, enough. Yeah. But uh, yeah, have you ever tried the Match Today Challenge? I've, I, you know, I have. Well, you're a big advocate of it. Just because, uh, just like trying it every so often, it's good to clear the head. And I'm actually starting to think I might just start doing it because the way it affected me Friday night, I'm thinking I might just start doing this uh, more often for the next. But uh, you didn't watch the match Friday night. But I. I'd be better off if I didn't know any of the results till the end of the game week and just like check on it Sunday night after all the games have been played and not worry about it all week. How is that going to affect your mood? It'll condense it and it'll be more of a concentrated smash in the gut if it goes horribly wrong. Yeah, but then I don't spend my entire Saturday watching the games going, I need these games to go my way. Yeah. But I don't know. Look, I have done it before. Uh, I've enjoyed it when it's gone well. When it hasn't gone well, at least it's over and done with quickly. It's yeah. like a ripping off a Band-Aid as opposed to just that slow, bad game week where everything's going against you and you just you need a punching bag or something to start... Uh... Well, that's what you're married for. Yeah, well, that's why I need a punching bag. <laughs> I won't be taking out on her. Um, but yeah, it's uh, I, I like it every so often. Um, change things up. But have you ever tried it? I don't know if you have. No, 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 I haven't. Uh, I'm not one for, you know, sadomasochism in my life, Seamus. We did try it once years ago. Uh, you and I, we watched, uh, we didn't watch the United results. I don't know if we di- didn't watch all the football, but there was one time we didn't watch the United results and we watched matches today. I don't know what the fuck we were doing during the day. And it was the time Drinking that we beat 
Blackburn, United beat Blackburn. I think it was 8-1 and Berbatov scored four goals and we had him in our fantasy football team. We didn't watch United that day. Yeah, and we uh, we watched it and we had Berbatov. I don't know if we had him captain, but we definitely had him in the team and he got like three or I think four goals. Was that not the day he got five or was that for Spurs? Maybe it was five. Yeah. Maybe it was even five. He did something outrageous anyway and we were there like fucking jumping up and down going, this is amazing. Yeah. But we- uh, I think that might have only been the United result. Yeah, and uh, even then, like... This was before we even considered it being called a challenge. Uh, to, but going back to my thoughts on it, like I'm not a fan of it. I view it kind of like diets. Do you know? Uh, yeah, sure. They're not a fan of them either. Not a fan of fucking diets, as you can tell. All bought and paid for Seamus. But like diets, you know, you listen to to nutritionists out there and blah blah, and you kind of tend to hear the same thing that yeah, while they might work for most people or for some people. Uh, you know they have their negative effects you know you kind of it's it's a, a jerk reaction it's it's unstable you know uh, and then you're just going to do more damage going back to the way you used to do things I get it. which is kind of why I'm like look I don't want to discipline myself too much in terms of the FPL I actually quite look forward to Saturdays and as I said there at the start of the podcast this kind of wacky fucking like Kevin De Bruyne assisted example or for me this week that kind of wacky shit that's why I play the game uh, is because as I said you can't write this stuff it's, funny. it's hilarious yeah, yeah. Uh, so you know I don't I wouldn't I wouldn't uh, you know be a regular match of the day challenge kind of guy but you know like diets every now and again you can do with uh, maybe taking a bit of a step back laying off the old beamish and uh kind of going clear for a week or two, you know? And I think that's fine with Matches of the Day Challenge. Yeah, this is a perfect segue into uh, what we want to talk about next, which is our new podcast, which is all about health and nutrition. Yep. So the Hangover Health Podcast will be coming never. Yeah. Because <laughs> I wouldn't take health advice off us. I wouldn't take it off me anyway. Uh, another question we have this week is uh, from Drew at FPL Renegades. And he has asked, what percentage chance, I don't know why he's asking us this, but what percentage chance would you give Aguero of starting versus Southampton at the weekend? Uh, this season seems increasingly hard to nail a captain pick. Talk me through your weekly routine of picking your captain. What factors do you look at? Do you have any superstitions on how you make the final decision? Well, I like to get the blood of a virgin, uh, which isn't too difficult. I just go into the bathroom and uh, basically throw that on. Live with enough virgins. Just live with enough fucking virgins, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Just scrape some off the toilet seat. Oh, Jesus. Uh, (laughs) We're cutting this part. We are cutting this part. Why is there blood in the toilet seat? But uh, no, uh, with captain decisions, I just keep it simple, stupid. I go for the player I think is going to get the most points. I don't think about it too much. I don't want to be blamed for making a stupid captain decision, so I tend to kind of play it safe, you know, in the sense that if I captained, I don't know, fucking, I don't want to say Vardy because he just got a hat trick, but say I captained uh, Pookie. Pookie, exactly, at home to Bournemouth, and you're going, all right, on paper, that makes sense. Bournemouth aren't keeping too many clean sheets, and Norwich are decent, uh, you know, yeah. or whatever, at scoring. Uh, so on paper, you're going, that's not a bad decision. If Pookie bangs, you'll go, yeah, of course, well done, uh, you know, kind of clever. But if he doesn't, people are going, why the fuck aren't you, are you captain Pookie? I completely agree. I have this thing in my head where when I'm looking at captaining somebody, I always ask myself, when I look back at my season performance over at the end of the year, game week 38, I'm kind of looking back at my cap, my game week scores and my captain decisions. Am I going to go and look at my team and go, why the hell did I captain Yarmolenko in game week six or something like that? If I'm going to, if I think I'm going to feel like that at the end of the season, then that's somebody you don't want to captain. That's a, that's a, 
pure punt. Yeah. So if it's someone like Vardy who's established, you can look back and go, well, look at Captain Vardy in a strong home game against whoever. Or, you know, that's why it nearly always sticks with small, or I was going to say smalling, Sterling or uh, <laughs> Salah or maybe Mane or Aguero or Aubameyang or Kane maybe. But like, you're not going to look back at the end of the season like, why are you captaining Kane? It's like, well, you know why you captain Kane because he he's capable of hauls. But someone like Mason Mount isn't someone you can trust with the captain's armband yet. No. It's one of the reasons I have been shying away from giving Tammy Abraham a, a, an armband. Wilson is somebody who's trolled me in the past but has quality, so he can be trusted, you would think, or at least their logic is there for strong home performance against someone like Norwich. Yeah, give him the armband. Oh, he blanked. At least I can look back at the end of the season and go, the logic was there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The logic, yeah, that's the main thing. You know, if there's a, if something that, as long as you're not going to be looking back at the end of the season going, what was I fucking thinking? Because if you be honest with yourself, you kind of know when you're putting the armband on that player. If you've got that kind of feeling of like, oh, this is a bit of a risky one. It could either pay off and I'll be laughing or more likely crying myself to sleep tonight. Uh, you know, that's, that, there's not a whole lot more thought I put into it. I yeah. mean, do you have, you any kind of like they have to be at home they have to be no uh scored. What, the only kind of rules i have and they're not rules per se because i i think you have to just be flexible this is what you're always gonna be shit because i'm always breaking my rules yeah like oh so i'm not gonna get making them they're not rules so much as they are kind of guidelines yeah. that i try and <laughs> just like the keep limit. as much as yeah like girl i'll go 10 percent over the speed limit without getting pulled by the guards right. we yeah. all know that right that's a fact so yeah basically i already have identified a couple of weeks in advance when I'm doing my team and making my transfers who I want to captain. So I'm looking at the Man City uh, last week and this coming week, game week 11, at home to Southampton. Now Southampton just conceded nine to Leicester City. They're playing them in the cup this week, aren't they? Yeah. Um. So obviously depending on how it goes there, but I can imagine it's going to be a heavily rotated squad. They'll still batter them and then they'll come back with their strong team at the weekend and still batter them. I, that's going to be 5-0. Now, there is always the chance that after getting a battering, a team will just retreat into its shell yeah. and try and keep it the scores to 1 or 2-0. I don't think Southampton have the players that are good enough to do that. I think they would still still get battered by Man City, possibly in both games. So it's I've identified weeks ago that, yeah, I want Sterling as captain here, and I haven't gone for Aguero. Will Aguero start this weekend? I haven't a clue. This is why I've stayed away from him. I would have thought he would have started the weekend just gone, having been rested the previous week. You Surely gotta, he'll start this week. Yeah, you got to imagine that Pep is kind of pushing his luck with not starting Aguero in two league matches. Three would be cause for a player to fall out with you a little bit. Yeah, but does Aguero fall out with him if he doesn't play him now midweek in the EFL game? See, I don't think so. I don't think any player worth their salt really gives a fuck about the EFL Cup. So he's going to start Jesus then, is that what you think? I'd imagine, I don't know. See, that's the thing. I mean, I'm with you in the sense that like you don't know what he's going to do in the EFL Cup because it wouldn't surprise me that he starts Aguero uh, midweek and starts him uh, at the weekend. Do you know, that yeah. wouldn't shock me. And the thing to note as well is when he brought Aguero on this weekend, he kept Jesus on the pitch. So they were both playing together. So that is uh, always an option as well. He could decide he's going to play the like the two of them or yeah, maybe, maybe he rests Sterling God, maybe I hope he plays that the two happen, of them midweek yeah. do you know and no just he won't to... play two midweek but he may play two at the weekend well we'll see this time next um, week Seamus. percentage <laughs> chance of him starting at the weekend 50-50 50% him 50% Jesus I'm, I'm higher maybe than 51% I'd give him a slight edge over Jesus but I'm 80% Aguero we haven't seen the midweek game so it's like uh, I'd have a better idea after that maybe um, 80% Aguero you heard it here first James. yeah I just as I said those are the only things I would do as I said I try and captain it at midfielder over a forward usually because you get more points for goals and potential clean sheets 
and uh, where possible i try and go at home so um yeah moving on to our next question there boom 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 luke uh who's actually moved up to i think this is the same guy yeah it is fc lukewarm at fc lukewarm which second is second in the league luke burgess who's uh second in our league he's asked a really good question one i've considered before do we think Gomez finally gets a look now that Matip is out for a while? Gomez has pretty attractive price for a Liverpool defender if he does get the nod ahead of Lovren. Now, personally, I think Lovren is ahead of him in, in the uh, marching order. Um, pecking order. Pecking order, that's yeah. the word I'm looking for. <laughs> marching order, that seems wrong. Um, so I would still rather have Lovren there. I actually had Gomez, or I traded Gomez in the draft game a few, like maybe after game week three, because I thought Gomez will come back in. He's third choice. Um, traded him in or out? I traded him in. I wanted to get rid of David Luiz because I had David Luiz when he was a Chelsea player and then all of a sudden he became an Arsenal player and I didn't want an Arsenal defender. So I thought, you know what? I'll get the third choice because maybe Matip doesn't stay in there or maybe Matip gets injured at some stage or maybe Gomez. Gomez doesn't even seem the second choice right back. Milner started there the last game and was that Europa League? Yeah, so you you were originally League? thinking Gomez, but you seem to have shifted. And I mean, I think it's it's fair that your you know your opinion has shifted with Lovren starting at the weekend. No, I like I like um, Matip, but if he's out, I don't think I'd go for Lovren because I don't know how long Matip. I actually don't know how long Matip is out for. Do we have news on that? Mm. Five weeks. About five six weeks. Yeah. Oh, I don't like Gomez. Sorry, Luke. Um, maybe you have a different opinion. No, no, I don't. I think uh, Liverpool have kept two clean sheets in their last ten matches. So clean sheets wise, it's not like they're screaming at you. I think it's a transfer waiting to happen, which is something I am always hesitant to do in my defense, especially. Uh, it's because I just like to have my set five defenders and then you know pretty much be keeping at that for the for the season. So I mean, as far as Gomez goes. I wouldn't be, uh, I wouldn't be, you know, overly excited. I would be sticking with either Robertson or Armstrong, even both. Arnold, Armstrong. I keep calling him Armstrong. Yeah, Alexander Arnold or, or Robertson are the way to go. Even Van Dijk hasn't looked as attack. You know, he had a great chance to score in the most recent game against Spurs, but the first few game weeks he hasn't had that attacking threat that he had last year that I thought he would bring into this season. Um, so I'm not even sure about Van Dijk anymore. Just Robertson or Arnold, yeah. unless Van Dijk keeps kind of getting chances then maybe maybe as the season goes on for Van Dijk I'd see I'd need to see Liverpool uh, start keeping clean sheets I mean with Alisson back I was hoping that that would strengthen up a little bit but you know as we're talking uh, about Matip being out there's obviously still a bit of unrest in the Liverpool kind of back four so with Gomez no I wouldn't be looking at it and with Liverpool defenders I'd be sticking to the full backs but what else are we looking at there Seamus yeah. uh, next question we have there is from uh, at Lava One Anch it's supposed to be Lavalanche. Lavalanche, but yeah, Lavalanche, but the uh, L is a one, I guess. Quite okay. clever, <laughs> Mister Lanch. All the, all the kids are doing that these days. Um, so he said, Sterling and De Bruyne, will they survive Pep Roulette this weekend? People seem to think we know what Pep is going to do with his team sheet this week. Um, he said, Yeah, he's a few questions. So he said, That's the first question. Second part: Sheffield United defensive double up or even a triple up? Well, we'll just hot, we'll just hot take them one at a time. Okay. Sterling and De Bruyne, will they survive Pep Roulette this weekend? Yes, is my answer. Yeah, I'm going yes as well. I think they're rested midweek, especially De Bruyne. Um, if Sterling starts midweek, then oh, maybe he's rested. But I think he's going to be rested, as will De Bruyne. And I think he's going to be mining De Bruyne all season. You've seen him being taken off for 75 Definitely. minutes. You've seen him rested in matches. I think it's quite clear from the last two matches that he was rested in Wolves and Norwich that City are not the same team when De Bruyne is not there, at least uh, in my opinion. So I don't think he wants to be resting De Bruyne, so he will manage his minutes just to get him in the league, I think. I, I think he watches the 
uh, Leicester City demolished job uh, of Southampton the weekend and he goes these guys are defensively like a wet paper bag should be able to beat them in 60 minutes like let me put Angelino up centre forward yeah we'll see we'll see next question Sheffield United defensive double up or even triple up are you fucking mad about <laughs> Uh, no, I think uh, I actually don't hate it. I mean, if you're going for a keeper, I think you can do worse than Henderson. Henderson's been doing better than Pope lately. Yeah. So, I mean, you have to have Lundstrom. That's a certainty. So, Lundstrom and Henderson, I can go with that. Um, I also really like the look of like Baldock and like O'Connell and stuff like that. I think they've been um, they've been looking good. They're very attacking. Um, I think like if you look at I don't know though. Sheffield's next couple of fixtures, they've got Burnley up next. That's a decent run, and I do expect them to keep that to a minimum. I'd be surprised if Burnley break the the clean sheet there. But like after that, they're away to Tottenham at home to Man United and away to Wolves. That's not something that's got me too intrigued with Sheffield United in terms of doubling up because I agree with you 100% there, Seamus. I think. Lundstrom is uh, well. We got him at four million. He's now four point six. But like at that four million price bracket, you couldn't ask for better than a than a starting out of position <laughs> defender. Yeah, I I will say this. When I was making my decision at the weekend as to whether to start, it was always between Fredericks, who had a home game, um, or to start. Uh, who who were they against? I think Lundstrom against Watford or something. Oh yeah, they were against each other. Yeah. yeah. So I had to decide whether to start Lundstrom away to West Ham. Or Fredericks at home to Sheffield United. So could be damned. Yeah, Sayunchu is kind of go, <laughs> going to go down because uh, they both had good fixtures. And look, Lundstrom but none as good as Sayunchu. I like. I couldn't even believe you played Lundstrom ah, over look, Sayunchu. Uh, uh, like Leicester's defensive stats have been quite good, but that game all swung on like a uh, red card in the eleven minutes. Uh, Leicester have been yeah fair enough I'm not saying that the game didn't swing at it but whether they were going to keep a clean sheet or not it's not like Southampton's been banging in goals all season uh, no but like they're at home and it, they need a good performance I was thinking they'd at least breach them once no fair enough but, but anyway back to it. Uh, the reason I went with that is I looked at Southampton or Sheffield United's stats and away from home I think they, I'm going to get these backwards I think they had the third best away um, expected goals against so I was like, oh, they're actually quite good. And then I looked at West Ham's uh, expected goals uh, against at ho- for home games, and they had the fifth worst. So maybe it's the other way around. Maybe it's third worst for South- for West Ham and fifth best for Sheffield United. But I was like, oh, so there's actually a better chance of statistically unexpected goals of Sheffield United keeping an away clean sheet than West Ham at home. And West Ham were rubbish against Everton. Yeah. So... I was like, maybe he doesn't learn his lesson. He keeps the team the same. No, he didn't. He brought in Snodgrass, changed it up, and uh, West Ham did have a lot of attacking threat. So, yeah, that I didn't get the bonus for that. But the point being, Sheffield United away from home are quite good, and we know what they're like at home. But your yay for Sheffield United defensive double-up or nay? I wouldn't be against it, but from game week 14 on. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, I would. I think one is more than enough for a newly promoted team, defensively speaking, especially if you can get in there with a Lundstrom. I wouldn't be looking at it anymore, but... Completely understand your logic there, Seamus. Next part of that, Gazaniga worth a shot at Spurs. Uh, I'm going to say, yeah, I think he's he might be. I wasn't sure when they brought in Michel Vorm because I thought, look, maybe he's brought him in because he doesn't like Gazaniga. But it looks more like that he just wants to have backup because other than Gazaniga there, it's... Um, yeah, it's it's not worth it. But I, look, he got, what, 12? How many points? Eight points this week? He, he made 12 points. saves? Yeah, no, he had a great game against Liverpool. And I think, you know, when you look at the options out there at his price range, I mean, what's Gazzini going to have? 4.6 or something like that? 
he was 4.4 when he first came into the team. Did he yeah, go up? I think he's gone up. I think he's at 4.5, 4.6 now. Uh, yeah, look, you're getting into Spurs' defensive line for less than 5 million. That's always going to be attractive. Yeah. Whether or not you know they can keep any clean sheets is something that's a little less decided. I don't think you've seen a whole lot from Spurs to suggest that they're you know extremely tight at the back. Now, their fixtures, when you look at it, that, that might kind of tell a bit of a different story. story. They're away to Everton. We know Everton... Although they have scored in the last couple of weeks, not not particularly kind of potent in the final third, but then they're at home to Sheffield United, away to West Ham, at home to Bournemouth, and away to Man United. For the price, like I don't know, I I'd still rather kind of be kind of looking at the likes of a Pope or, as you said, even maybe a Henderson if you didn't have a, a Lundstrom and. The price has kind of gone to the stage now where maybe it's not even worth it in Lundstrom in anymore, you know? Yeah, I think I like the fixtures, though. I yeah, think nice she- fixtures, Sheffield yeah. United at home in game week 12 seems like a good chance for a clean sheet. Uh, Bournemouth have blanked in their last two now. I know that's game week 14. They could turn that around in their next few. West Ham are really hit and miss. Uh, I don't know, but West Ham, that's a London derby. And West Ham always do uh, really well against Spurs. Well, I think they have the last couple of times anyway. Um Everton, yeah, Everton aren't scoring, but Everton may have turned the corner. They were unlucky against Brighton. It looked like they had done enough to get the first away victory in a while. And yeah, uh, yeah, I think I would get a chance. But the, there's always the likes of Aurier to do something fucking stupid now and give away a penalty. Yeah. Like that penalty he gave away against Manny was just stupid. He had no awareness of where Manny was. Swinging a big mad leg. You don't have to fucking boot it out of the stadium. Just get anything on it. Toe poke it out for a corner. Anything. You've already messed up. You're just after getting up off the ground after slipping. Like, just get rid of it. Instead, he's just like, okay, I'm going to give this the biggest boot I've ever given in my life. Oh, wait, I've taken a half an hour to swing my goddamn leg and now I've given away a penalty and Liverpool win it late. So you're basically going yay on Gazzaniga. So we're basically split down the middle on nearly all of these goddamn questions. Yeah, I think I'm not immediately like, he's definitely... I think he's worth a shot. Yeah. That's the question. Is he worth a shot? He's worth a shot. Is he, you know, someone I, like, put my mortgage on? No. But he's worth a shot. Well, before we move on to our last segment, I just wanted to really note Lavalanche's pun there. He said, many drunk thanks for a great pod. Seamus, that seems to have gone over your head, but that's some top quality pun work right there. Oh, that's drunk thanks with a H. Yes, with a H. Drunk thanks for a beauty there. I love it. I love that, that. That's the sort of stuff that gets you into the drunk tank. <laughs> but look, we'll wrap the drunk tank up there and we're fucking running low on time already. So we're going to bait straight into our next segment. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Boss of the Wall. So it's been neck and neck for the last couple of weeks. I think it's been 4-4 with our puck fathers and our long shots. This week was a bit of a rubber match between you and me, Seamus, just to see who has bragging rights for at least seven more fucking days. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't usually remember the picks that we do or any of that kind of stuff, but I do have a sneaky suspicion that I might have regained top spot this week, Seamus. Yeah, you nailed it. I had first pick, and my first pick was Sterling, which I was happy with, 11 points. You had the next two picks, and you nailed it. Yeah, I went with Aubameyang and... No. No. That's my second pick. You went with... You can never read these. Uh, you you went write with, them backwards. I put my picks on top and your picks next. Yeah, exactly. G2, G3. You'd pick two. You went with De Bruyne. Obviously trying to get in on that uh, Man City fixture. And you went with Vardy. So yeah. look, both those guys returned. That's 26 points from those two players. Yeah. Uh, my my uh, my next pick then was Aubameyang, uh, who did dig all. So yeah, 26 points to 13 Great picks, Vardy alone. Yeah, I think Vardy. Well, I mean, like he just came good. You know, you had the the Man City one nailed, uh, but like 
yeah, I mean, I can't say much in terms of Vardy, considering I didn't have him in my FPL team. <laughs> so, look, I'm happy I had a bit of Vardy action this week, and that gives me the lead with 5-4. Am I right there? That's the right. Shots? Yeah, I believe so. Um, right. Next picks were the Pockfathers, and it was uh, your pick first. You went with Lacazette. Ooh, boom. Yeah, Lacazette. nice differential. He did get an assist, I believe. I haven't checked he on did, FPL. He did, he did. So, that would have given him five points. I don't know if he got a yellow or anything like that, but my next pick was uh, Traore for Wolves and uh, didn't do anything there so just the two points for him but yeah I was very happy with Lacazette uh, picking up the assist there and that again giving me the kind of the, the edge in our Pockfathers which puts me ahead of you there as well 5-4 yeah, I believe that's 5-4 there too and to make it a clean sweep you also won the Breen Sheets boom by default fast. because I backed my own uh, boy there Fredericks for West Ham and he didn't play a minute so he got zero points uh, and you won by default by Dunk getting one well, you know, I think when you see the kind of free kicks that Dunk is going to be taking from now on, Seamus, you can see why he's such a elite member of uh, of the FPL team. When, when the hell did he start taking free kicks? I didn't know that. Oh, must be said, actually. Seems we barely even touched on the Brighton game. Like, how good was Conley this weekend? Yeah. Look good. Uh, yeah, I mean, FPL-wise, two, two fantasy assists. Um, for his price, like, exactly what you want to be seeing. You yeah. know, but my, my only concern, and it's not... It's not a concern, but I'm looking at Malpe as well. Do you know, yeah, like yeah. Malpe's got what three goals this season or something? He's like doing that? well. He's doing. He's tipping away for that six million price bracket with Connolly uh, four point four. Like that's just something that that's so handy that you can actually get in a a, a bottom of the barrel forward that's playing and picking up attacking. Yeah, right if now. you have uh, Greenwood or Wickham and they're still in your team and you need an out, there's your out. Yeah. I don't know how much longer be in the team, but he looks like he's going to be involved for. At least uh, this side of Christmas. Anyway, maybe he loses his place after a while, but he looks like he's involved for the next few game weeks. Yeah, and speaking of involved, Trossard made his much-anticipated return to the Premier League this and weekend. And was excellent. Yeah, was fantastic. Excellent. And I think, like, I had him at the start of the season. I will be hesitant to get back on Brighton right now. Uh, I mean, with their fixtures, they have Man United, Leicester, Liverpool and Arsenal in the next five. So they have a nice fixture this week against Norwich, a nice home match, which... Yeah, if you had the likes of uh, a Connolly or a Maupe, yeah, you're going to be, you know, licking your lips going into that. But followed by United, Leicester, Liverpool, Arsenal, eh, no, I think I'll I'll ease off on the Brighton uh, pedal there for a little while. Eh, I'd be tempted to go for one of them if the rest of your team is looking good. Like two of their next three, I mean, I know Leicester are tough, but they are at home. That Norwich game, this would be the week to buy someone if you want and take a punt in them, but... I think for Connolly, considering you're paying what four point six, four point seven for him, uh, yeah. Oh, even less. Is he maybe four point six max? I think he's four point six now. But like, yeah, if you're paying that, uh, you don't really mind, you know, the tough fixtures because realistically, you're not going to be, you know, looking to start him in every game week. I mean, that's the way I'd approach a four point six yeah. forward. We've got distracted. <laughs> <laughs> We've only gone and got distracted again. Uh, so we will move on to this week's hot shots. Okay. And uh, yeah, you had first picked this week after I. So I beat you on my on your serve last yeah, week. Yeah. Oh, boom. So this week, uh, I don't think I had first pick. Actually, you had first pick. No, you had first pick. Uh, okay, so this week I went with Sterling. Yeah, you went with Sterling. So it's kind of a reverse of last week. That's probably um, what's and I've enough. gone. Uh, I've gone with uh, KDB. Yeah. So it was the, the same last week. and uh, A home uh, match against Southampton. We, we, we've talked about it a lot already, so we won't go into it. Not a lot needs to be said. 
I think both of us will be looking at those uh, two players for our attacking returns. If I could pick four players from Man City this week, I would. Yeah. But that's not the rules. Or that's the rules that we can't do that. <laughs> uh, my next pick then is... Uh, there's a few interesting fixtures. I like um, Liverpool against Aston Villa. I saw. I know Aston Villa can be tough, especially with a, at home. But I think they... I think they can... Like, they can see the goals against Man City. I think they can be got at. And Salah looked like he might... I don't know what his injury status is, but he didn't look comfortable coming off the pitch. So I'm back in Mane, even though it's away from home. Yeah. Salah is meant to be training uh, with Liverpool, so I don't think there's cause for much concern. But yeah, I think going into next week, as we're only picking kind of one-week shots, Mane seems to be the, the Liverpool uh, player of choice. I, though, have gone back to old faithful Arsenal. They've never let me down before. Aubameyang, he's uh, my fourth pick this week. I think it's a little bit because... He's in my FPL team and fucking, I think this is like make or break for him this week. If he doesn't put a goal past Wolves, then I'm not sure I'll keep him uh, any longer. I mightn't even keep him for this week, depends. But uh, I'm going to Bamiang. I'm doubling down on him for my puck or for my hot shots and in my actual FPL team. I reckon he's good for a goal. I reckon Arsenal are good for a couple against Wolves. Yeah, uh, I think Bamiang doesn't normally go too many games without a goal. So I think just in the law of averages, I feel like he would be in for something this week yeah the and mood with, in Lacazette, with Lacazette back and they went very attacking this week they went Lacazette Pepe Aubameyang and uh, what's his face Sebelos Shabayo yeah I really pronounce his name he um, they had all four in the starting lineup this week and they got off to a good start and got uh, two early goals yeah the mood in the Arsenal camp though is not going to be too good right now I mean they lost last yeah. week to Sheffield United they threw away a 2-0 lead against Crystal Palace this week so their captain is acting a maggot yeah is uh, antagonising the fans yeah so it'll be like if I wasn't you know if this wasn't a one week hot shot I probably would be steering clear of Arsenal right now in the long run yeah. but if you have him on your team already as I do I think yeah he's definitely good for a goal this week that's my hot shot which are the same as mine from last week as it turns out really yeah. so we, you went starting a Batman last yeah. week man this podcast is getting so run of the mill Puck Father time uh, I first picked this time and a man you mentioned earlier Maupay that's who I've gone for they've got a nice home game against Norwich as I said he got I think if you're on him you hold I don't know if you buy but if you're going to buy a home game against Norwich seems like a good time to take a chance who knows what they can do against United in game week 12 and Leicester again game week 13 but then it's pretty tough but uh, yeah for this game week alone I can see goals against that yeah, Norwich team. He I, seems to be in good form. I like him. I completely agree. I think Brighton uh, look just they just look like uh, like the absolute opposite of what they were last season in the sense of uh, their attacking threat, uh, and it's kind of a joy to watch them. And uh, yeah, I think Malpe this this week is on course for uh, you know to continue that nice run he's had since the start of the season. And on penalties when Murray's not on the pitch, as it turns out, yeah, which is most of the time, unfortunately, <laughs> now for Malpe. And speaking of penalties, my uh, pick of the game week is um, Martial. Uh, he's sneaking in the the under the percentage limit at five percent. 4.5 right now I think he banged in a goal I think it was a goal and assist this week Seamus never got the I think he only got a goal I'll have right. to double check well either way he banged he did get some attacking returns this week uh, you know kind of which is what people were expecting and just a goal just a goal so I assume and a missed penalty and a missed penalty exactly so I mean I think he, you know, United are good for a goal against Bournemouth uh, next week Bournemouth are I don't know. I know they've kept two clean sheets on the bounce now, I believe. Um, but yeah. like, I don't fancy them keeping a third. I uh, don't think they look great at the back. And I think Martial looks like he might have a bit between the teeth once again. Yeah, 
they've scored the they scored more than one away goal for the first time in a while. So what they got three goals and the first game of the season was the last time. Three goals and two missed penalties. And two missed penalties, yeah. Of which Martial missed one. So it's still up in the air as to whether he's on penalties or not. That needs to be cleared up. But his link up with Rashford was excellent. And they just look a much, much better attacking team with him in the t- uh, in the squad. In yeah. the starting 11. You almost don't want him to get penalties. <laughs> yeah. That's but the way he's going. You saw the... Uh, Do you see the stat on match of the day? Uh, like their average goals with... Uh, their average points per game with Martial in the team under Solskjaer versus without him in the team. And their average goals scored per game with him in the team versus without. It's like... Oh, I don't have it at hand. <laughs> but it's like at least double. It's like they pick up like 1.1 points per game with Martial in the team and they pick up like 1.8 with him in the team. Yeah. Uh, or, you know, vice versa. And uh, He yeah, makes a difference. Is like they score a whole lot more goals within the team. And that's not surprising because he's a quality player. He stretches teams. He can actually play the centre-forward role um, in more ways than Rashford can. And they just link up really well. So I really like that. And he's somebody I'm thinking about getting in my team. Oh well, that's a, that's interesting. That's one we'll save for another pod. Uh, a Martial conundrum, but no, he is my pop father this week, and I think for, at the moment he is you know that definition of a pop father. But that brings us to the last bit, and that's our Breen sheets, named after the late great Gary Breen. And I Did had he first pass pick. away. He didn't. No, but I've started that now, and it just it just rolls off the tongue too well, Seamus. He's just always late. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and he's a fantastic uh, footballer. But uh, yeah, so I had first pick in the Breen Sheets, and I went with a player that we talked about, you know, at the top of the pod, Lord Lundstrom. He's at home to Burnley. I think Sheffield are good for a clean sheet. Burnley not looking too attacking right now. I mean, they got two against Chelsea this week, one of which was uh, the reflection, and the other one was a cracker from outside the box. So uh, it's not like they were ripping Chelsea to shreds. Um, so I don't. I just think Chef, uh, Sheffield United are a pretty solid uh, team at home, and yep. it's going to take a bit of work to break them down. I don't know if Burnley have that potency in their attack for that. So yeah. I'm going Lundstrom. Yeah, and Wood was out last week, so I don't know if he's out for much longer. We'll have to see what happened with that. Uh, I've gone for Dunk. Uh, Brighton, I, I'm sticking with the Brighton at home to Norwich game. Norwich just look like relegation candidates. They may score goals. Pookie, uh, you know, is, is still a good player, but they haven't been scoring much away from home. The goal they scored against uh, this week against United was a mistake from McTominay um, in the last couple of minutes of the game. So, so, so yeah, Dunk. For me, he's the best um, attacking. He's the best defender on the Brighton team. See, I'm not entirely convinced uh, with Brighton defensively. So you know, uh, I'm, we're going to have to have this chat next week, especially when it turns out I'm right and, and Brighton conceded three goals. But before we wrap it up, we did get another drunk tank question this week, and it's one we nearly skipped if it wasn't for me being on top of my fucking game. We would have forgot it. But no, we're oh, here, yeah. here and we this is FPL Rouge. No, no, Rogue. Rogue, don't uh, he doesn't like being called Rouge. No. Uh, FPL Rogue, yeah, good, good call. We nearly let this one slip through the net, and uh, it must be all that talk about uh, Martial actually. That, that, that he was asking now that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer seems to have settled on a four-two-three-one system, and with Martial at the top as their number nine, um, is he and other United assets worth considering? So I've said, yeah, I'm thinking of make, bringing in Martial. I think he's the best option there. Rashford's look good as well but I prefer the cheaper option and the out of position option yeah. uh, where you get more points for the goals and I think he will score I think Martial will score more than Rashford this year 
Uh, yeah, I think so too. Uh, although I'd say there won't be much between them. But look, I think we've, Not a whole lot, no. we've kind of tipped on uh, Martial and, and Rashford during the last thing. And that is maybe what was going to jar my brain. But I think it was actually his follow-up question that uh, reminded me that there was another one left in the dirt. Yeah, I allowed Barnes three weeks of blanking. So I should extend the same to Alba. Very relevant question to you, Jer. Mm-hmm. If he does blank, then where do I invest considering I have Vardy and Tommy up front? He has Sterling, KDB and Mount. So he's got kind of what I would call it, a bit of a template uh, midfield. Uh, He's got TAA and Ederson at the back as well. So he's got good defense there. So he doesn't need, he doesn't know where to spend spread the money. All others won't offer the same uh, dollar delta to go Abba to Manny. Okay. Um, So yeah, I would say kind of like maybe drop Abba and see if there's any way you can get to Manny. But I guess what he's saying is he can't really get to that. What do you think? Uh, This is relevant to you because you have Aubameyang. You you think, uh, should he... You've gone two weeks with a blank. Should he go the third? You're going the third week. I'm going the third week more more than likely. Um, I look to be honest with you, as you said there, you don't have the the funds to go back to Liverpool attack an asset. Then you've got two options. I'd be looking at. I'd be looking at either Firmino or Jimenez. Uh, Firmino just because it has it gives you that Liverpool coverage. Uh, I assume you know it obviously isn't going to be too difficult to go from Malbec to Firmino considering he costs less <laughs> so I think that would be an option if you really wanted to just get in on top of that Liverpool run of fixtures Liverpool having a pretty nice stretch after the City game in game week 12 Crystal Palace Brighton Everton Bournemouth and Watford uh, but I think Jimenez as kind of Seamus pointed out in last week's episode is a bit of a shrewd pick right now didn't do much this week I'm not entirely convinced by Wolves but I know after the Arsenal match this week and maybe even including the Arsenal match Arsenal, Aston Villa, Bournemouth, Sheffield, West Ham, Brighton even Spurs and Norwich in the following game weeks they're all fixtures that I wouldn't have a problem with Jimenez sitting in my team for No and I did say look I liked Martial but if you have got a striker spot up there that's open Rashford could be a great shout to go with um, as I said I probably would keep Aubameyang for a game against Wolves um, just to see how that goes because he's a quality player um, he's I think he's on penalties I mean I know he gave the last one to Pepe to take but that was kind of more so for Pepe's confidence you'd expect him to be still on the penalties uh, yeah and Wolves have been slow starters um, yeah I don't know I, I, I'd stick with him this week and yeah if it's poor then you can easily move to Rashford next week uh, for a home game against Brighton, then away to Sheffield at home to Aston Villa. Those are three nice games to give uh, Rashford an odd spell. Or, as you said, yeah, I like the Himmler's pick too. Well, that's perfect. Look, we're running way over time. It's been a bit of a bumper episode this week. It must be the 9 o'clock start, Seamus. We just had so much energy. Yeah, I'm going to have to run. i got I got work to go to. You do, you do. But luckily, you don't have far to go. I want to thank everyone who sent in questions this week. Thank you all. Uh, I want to wish you all a enjoyable game week 11. May your eyes be green, folks. God bless.